Greetings, all y'all podcast listeners. I'm Chris J. And I'm Sarah Abair. This episode of the podcast features an excellent story from our March 2016 live event on the theme Mama and Daddy. Storyteller Daniel Ukpapi shared a story that illuminated his connection with his father who sacrificed a comfortable life in Nigeria for the sake of his children. Stick around after the story for an interview with Daniel about his unique not-for-profit organization called The Pacemakers. But before we get into the story, we wanted to tell you a little bit about an unbelievable offer from our season sponsor, Holiday Lanes. Yeah, Laney's Club is a program that offers an entire summer's worth of free bowling for kids ages 18 and under. All kids have to do is pay for their shoe rental. That is a whopping $3 per day, and they can get two free games of bowling per day for the entire summer. We did the math. That's $1,530 worth of bowling absolutely free for kids 18 and under. Visit BowlHolidayLanes.com to learn more or to sign up your kids for Laney's Club. We're also sponsored by the fine folks at MagCentric, Shreveport's only Apple premium service provider. If you're having issues with an iPad, a MacBook Pro, or any other Apple device, they can help you get back up and running. Or even if you've got to install an upgrade like new RAM into your machine, Thomas and his fine crew can give you a hand. Um, You can find them online at maccentric.net. If you enjoy the All Y'all podcast, please make plans to attend our next live event. It's called I Fought the Law. I Fought the Law will be held on Saturday, July 16th at 7.30 p.m. at Anderson Auditorium on the campus of Centenary College of Louisiana. We'll have live music by our personal favorite musician, Nate Tremay, a cash bar by Wine Country Bistro, and six great true stories about justice, civil disobedience, and just plain old hard-headedness. Tickets are $15 each, and they're on sale right now on our website, allyallblog.com. You just, up at the top, you click on the button that says tickets. With no further ado, here's Daniel Ukpabi's story, which we're calling This is America. Um, Nigeria is a, is a country located in the western part of Africa, um, a country with over 170 million people, uh, with, uh, and it's the greatest economy in, Af- in Africa, but yet it still suffers from wealth inequality, meaning that there are, there are more people in the upper class than, there are more people in the lower class than there are in the upper class. Now, Many of his citizens are subjected to a poor standard of living, and this forces, forces them to go through extreme, extreme measures just to survive. My dad was one, of this, was one of these citizens. As a young man, he had six kids, and I happened to be the last born. I was the last of six kids, and um, back, in, back in Africa, Family planning is not something that is very common, right? (laughs) But who's my dad to blame? After all, that's the reason why I'm here. (laughs) If he was a little bit more careful, I wouldn't be be here right now, basically. (laughs) Right. Um, Actually, my dad had a job at a local power company, but this wasn't enough to provide um, to provide for the family, so he had to come up with other avenues to make ends meet for the family. First, he, he got a, ta- uh, a cab, a taxi, which he owned and operated when, whenever he was off work. But this also wasn't enough. And uh, back, back at home, inflation 
was beginning to affect the country, basically, meaning that uh, prices of commodity like food started to increase, and he couldn't afford all this. So he decided to purchase a farm, and he made all of us as kids work on this farm. Whenever we got off school, we would go straight to the farm, and we would you know, plant, harvest, cultivate the soil. In fact, sometimes we would have big bags of yam and potato on our heads, and it was always at this time that the fine ladies happened to be around. <laughs> it was always at this time, and um, you know, it, it, that wasn't the best situation for a lady to see you in, especially when some few minutes ago, I probably saw the dreams of me living a superstar lifestyle. <laughs> and it just happened that it was always at this moment, they just happened to come around, and whenever I wasn't in that situation, they were nowhere to be found. <laughs> so I had to make a decision, basically. I had to choose between go after the ladies or get some food to eat. And I love myself more than I love the ladies, so I want, <laughs> I wasn't gonna starve to death. I had to, put, I had to love myself first. And um, let me talk about our education. You see, my dad had six kids, and you know it was it was really very hard. So basically, he couldn't put all the six kids, uh, you know, at school at the same time. If you're aware of the game called soccer, uh, in the game called soccer, you have players on the field and you have players on the reserve bench, and the coach can decide to take a player off the field and replace with the one on the bench. And that's what he did with our education. He made the first three, uh, first three of my, of you know, of the of the children. He made them, you know, go in school. And we, the last three, made, he put us out. And after some time, he took them out and put us in. And <laughs> right, he was playing a game of chess. <laughs> but he 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 did his best and he maintained the balance. And I can say, I can tell you right now, we are all graduates of a university. Now, this didn't come easy because, you know, uh, many sacrifices had to be paid. Um, many pledges had to be forfeited. You see, back in the days, my dad, he had, a, he had a good taste of fashion. He had the style. You see, he loved his Afro tall. You know, he, he had the style of pants. He loved his boot coat, basically. You know, I, I won't go into that. But, it, yeah, <laughs> he liked his boot coat. And also, this affected my mom because after some time, you know, they stopped hanging out. No more Valentines, no more birthday anniversaries, no more eating now just because they could, because the money wasn't, wasn't no longer there. And, um, you know, it was kind of depressing, but it was for a reason. And as I got older, it was time for me to, you know, get enrolled into college. Now, it, I couldn't, not because I wasn't smart. Trust me, I'm smart. I'm good at maths and English. You can tell by the way I speak. <laughs> All right. It wasn't because I wasn't smart. It was basically because he didn't have the connections. Uh, he didn't have, he didn't know. You see, back at home, it wasn't about what you knew. It was about who you knew. And, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't know the right people, and he couldn't pull the right, the right strings to get me into school. So the brand, the brand idea came, sent Daniel into the United States, and here I am. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, and then he, he went ahead and asked, he did his research, you know, how much will it cost to send this wonderful boy into the United States? And they told him it will cost him $10,000. He 
and my dad uh, put his house uh, as a collateral for a loan and he paid for the visa process. And I came into the United States and I thought it was gonna be easy ride, you know, Milky Way, straight journey, you know, America, land of opportunity, just come and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then they told me that I had, to, I had to pay tuition, room and board. And I'm like, you didn't tell me all this when I was on the plane. <laughs> You could have told me I could have gone back, you know. So I called him and I said that, um, you know, they asking me to pay all this money again. And he said, how much is it? I, I told him and this time around, he went ahead and used his car as a collateral again for another loan. So get this now, the house and the car almost gone. So, and then, he, you know, he asked me, he said, um, because one thing I like about my dad is he didn't, we didn't have this dominant, dominant, recessive relationship. He saw me as a friend, he saw me as a companion, he saw me as someone he could talk to, someone he could discuss his bank, bank account with, someone he could discuss his finances with. And he told me and he said, you know, you see my finances are depleting, is there something that you can do? And I told him, you see I'm an international student, and it's not really easy. You see, I can't get a loan. I can't get you know, aid or assistance from the government. I can't get uh, employment of campus. So really, I'm stuck with you. And he said, okay, we're going to do this. I said, all right. And then, you know, I was at um, Sussler, and we kept on doing this, and I graduated from Sussler with my associate degree. And then I transferred to uh, LSU, Health Science Center, to study medical technology. And everything was going good, but halfway through the program, my dad called me and told me, he said, uh, son, right now I have no more money. You know, I've done my best for you. I'm sorry, I wish I could do more for you, but this is just, this is just it. And I said, you know, dad, you've been, you've, you've done a lot for me, you know, you've, You've, um, you've paid so much sacrifices, and I promised him, and I said I would do whatever it takes to make sure, <coughs> sorry, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that we complete this journey. All the things that you've taught me, I will put them into use, and I will make sure that, you know, we do this, we, you know, we, we get to the finish line. And uh, I'm glad to say that I actually, you know, graduated from LSU Science Center, Health Science Center with my bachelor's in medical technology. And <laughs> and um, so I called my dad and I told him that, um, you see, I, I graduated and, uh, and I can remember on the phone, you know, he really, he burst, he, he burst into tears and he was, you know, basically crying. And uh, he told my mom, and basically as a show off, you know, <laughs> as a show off, because what, what actually happened was when I got done with school, I actually, you know, it was a blessing. I happened to get, get a job real quick. I got a job at North Cato Medical Center, and I was the ninth shift medical technologist. And as a show off, I told my dad, I said that, um, just take this little $500. And I, I, I can do more, you know, but <laughs> come on now, this is America, you gotta pay bills. But calling the long story short, calling the long story short, um, you know, I just want to say to my dad, I know he can't really hear me now, he'll probably see this video, but I want to say to him and also to say to all the dads who, 
who you know who are willing to do this for the kids that uh, we we're thankful I'm thankful for the, for the sacrifice I'm thankful for the pain I'm thank you for all the pleasures that you forfeited to ensure that we get the best quality of life and I'm glad to say that we did it we made it and I'm, I'm very I'm just grateful thank you Daniel, the night you told your story uh, on stage at All Y'all, we didn't really get into one of the most amazing parts of your life to date, but you actually have incorporated a not-for-profit organization here in Shreveport called Pacemakers. And I was wondering if you could um, just tell me a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish with Pacemakers and what it is. The, the goal of Pacemakers was to give the underprivileged a chance to give back to the community through their talents. Um, we actually go around the city looking for people, you know, who, who probably not living in the best situation, get them on the team, and we look into them and discover the talents they have, and then we like to develop those talents, and it's the products of those talents that we use to give back to the community. Like sometimes we have uh, volunteers that, you know, good at music or good at sewing, you know, and then we go to places like the Norse Norms, you know, Providence House, and then we entertain the residents with the same music. It's that same music that we put on the CDs and we use to fundraise to generate funds for the nonprofit. So it's just basically, you know, you know, giving people a chance to, you know, to give back you know, at the same time, it's not just you getting this, you learning how to give back, but at the same time, you're still receiving. So it's like a circle of everybody giving back to each other. I see you guys out fundraising and awareness raising and working in the community. And if you don't mind me saying, I think you're so brave because I'll see you just set up in the parking lot of like a family dollar right. and, and start playing music. Do you even, do you, does it even cross your mind? Do you, do you worry if people might say, look at those crazy people or, or you know how people are. Yes. You know, when you're trying to do something big, a lot of the times people will laugh at you or put you down and, and you don't seem to have any fear at all. You just, you're going to go out there and do it. Right. It's, it's because, you know, it's because of how important this is to me. It's, it's like, it's my dream. It's something that, that, really, that I really want to do. It's my vision. I, I just can't sit down and fold my hands. I'm trying to create, you know, that awareness, create a movement. I'm trying to get people to step up on their feet, you know, get busy and tr try to do something with their lives, try to do something positive. And then, so when we go out there, we're just trying to create a scene. We're trying to create a movement, I'm trying to let people know that there are people out here they are willing, they are doing things in the community. I mean, it's not every time we receive the best response, but those that give us, you know, the good response, those are inspirations. So I don't look at the negatives, I look at the positives, you know, and seeing how much that support, that's like the, the pushing that tells me people believe in this, people believe in this, you know, I believe in this. First, I have to believe in it, you know, and I believe in innate, so that's why I really, I really do it. I really love what I do. So it's, it's, it's that push, that support system that keeps me going. It seems like your whole life has been like an uphill climb. Right. And it still probably is. But you have gone ahead and, you know, incorporated a not-for-profit. You're actually already doing philanthropy, even though you're probably not in a place right. where you can relax. Right. 
Right. Well, I mean, that takes me back to the emotional part of this. Pacemakers is like the one of the things that really keeps me going on. You know, right now, it's really probably one of the most important things in my life. Like, it's one of the things that just gives me purpose. You know, when, when pacemakers makes me know that, you know, I have a reason. There's a reason why I'm still here, you know. So every day that pacemakers is moving, is like I'm alive. I guess it's just all the things I've been through just made me this person that, you know, told myself when I get a chance, I would love to show that I can I can be different. When you look when you look into your crystal ball and you try to imagine pacemakers in five or ten years or, or fifteen or twenty years, like what do you see pacemakers growing into? What do you want it to become? Well, what do I see in five and ten years? You know, at one point in time, I said the easy way I will be known. I said I usually say this. Well, the first day I give back to somebody, I fulfilled the dream of pacemakers, right? But I, I know that you know, nevertheless, you still want to go bigger. So in five or ten years, I am hoping that can proudly say that we've been able to you know sponsor this person to get this. Uh, this vision or this dream of theirs out. I'm hoping to say that uh, we have a store out there in the city and, you know, we've taken this from the home office setting and now there's this big location here in Shreveport, Bourgeois and volunteers coming. So I'm hoping that someday I can take this out in the city and, you know, get this going on. And uh, so I, I see I'm hoping that by the grace of God, Lord, please, Spacemakers will, will be a great organization in five, ten years. Amen. thanks for listening to another episode of the all y'all podcast if you've enjoyed this story please share it on facebook or tell someone about it in real life like go up to them and be like i love this podcast it's called all y'all it's awesome and don't forget that we have tickets on sale right now for i fought the law on saturday july 16th this is going to be an arresting night of live storytelling you see what i did there we might arrest you if you don't go to allyallblog.com click on the link that says tickets here come the police thanks y'all